Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. topic today just to give you one encouragement today one line give you encouragement to say he's good for it I want you around your room around wherever you are just tell somebody he's good for it he's good for it he is good for it he's good for it now you can go ahead and put your robe back on and you can be seated back he's good for it this season we're in is um, called Advent and uh, this Advent season um, is a season of um, it's a liturgical time where we are many of us are preparing for uh, the birth of Christ uh, we do understand those of you who are um, historians and uh, those who, who study different things we do understand that Jesus was not born on the 25th um, according to historians, we do find that Jesus was born more around the spring of the year. Uh, but this is the time that we do celebrate. Um, and as a time, many of you all don't remember the day you were born. So we celebrate uh, December 25th. And this year, more than anything, uh, we're celebrating not because of, of gifts. We're celebrating because we have the gift of life and that Jesus gave us life. And if there's anything that we, if we've never celebrated life more, you know, we celebrate it this time because there's so many of us, um, as we sang the song a long time ago, there were so many of us who started out with us, uh, but now they've gone astray. And many people have not necessarily gone astray in faith and many people uh, the, um, if, uh, there was a guy that uh, used to uh, pop one and she used to sing a song and said this this train is a clean train the only way you ride you got to be saved oh talking about this train and this train has come in and taken so many of the saints uh, away and many of us are still here and we thank God uh, for life uh, there were many times um, in my life and there are many times in your life when I think about someone being good for it, um, when someone was short on something and they didn't have the money or they didn't have uh, whatever they needed and someone would say, can you spot me? Uh, they said, I'm good for it. And uh, people were responding like, you sure you good? They're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good for it. And uh, when we look at this uh, particular promise as we've been talking about for the last week, um, um, this is my second week of this series, um, that we are talking about the promises of God. And what I want to relay to you today, all of you who are streaming, is that what you need to know about God is that he is not a man that he will lie. If he said something, he's good for it. Those of you who are watching in the comment section right now, just go ahead and put in, without me giving you any points, just say he's good for it. He's good for it. And in this chapter, it opens up, um, it's talking and encouragement while they're in, as I talked to you about last week, while they're still in captivity, God sends a word to them, which is so important. While many of you all are waiting to get a word when you come out of it, God will send a word right exactly where you are. And that is what is happening in this chapter 
where God is sending a word right to their home and sending a word right to their captivity. And many of you all who are at home and you're in quarantine and you're not able to, to go out as you would like to normally around this time of year and we're having traffic jams like we normally have, now we're having house jams where we can't even get out and everybody's trying to rush to see who can get to the bathroom the fastest or the first. And here it is in this season, God sends the Israelites a word and he says in verse 1, he says, come everyone who thirsts. So the King James Version says, hold, which is to say, um, I want to, to awaken you out of something and give you an alert and say, everyone who thirsts, everybody is invited. He said, come to the waters. He who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Now this call was not just to the Israelites and it was not just to those who were the Jews or the, the chosen one. These were to the Gentiles too. They were to those that were not the chosen people. Um, God was sending a word to let him know and let them know and let the people know uh, that I'm not just coming for those that you think. I'm coming for everybody. I'm laying out the I'm laying out the invitation for everyone. Whoever thirsts, that word thirst means whoever has a sense of need. And for those of you who are watching right now, I know that you can identify just to say I have a need. Uh, that, that is a qualifying factor. That is not that you know everything, but it's to say you have a need. He said everyone who needs or has a sense of need reminds me of Matthew, the fifth chapter, in verse six. It says, he who hungers and who thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. If you want to be filled, add a need to it. If you want to be filled, add a thirst, add a hunger to be able to say, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for God. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and drink. And that, that water, uh, before we get there, that water was not just talking about uh, near just any type of water. It was talking about as they were having water that maintained life, but they were also used to having wine and milk, which was used to strengthen and to cheer them and to nourish them, which was to basically say it was the blessing uh, or the blessing of God is what was meant. And in the Eastern time, in the Eastern culture, water was was a precious ingredient. Uh, those who had water, it was precious. Um, those of us who have been in the eastern side of the world, um, uh, we are often, those of us who go over there, uh, we usually take water bottles because their water is not as purified as some of the water that we drink and, and you'll get sick over there if you're not used to it. Uh, so their water was precious to them and an abundance of pure water was a blessing. Um, so wine, milk, and bread were the staples of their diet. And if you've ever been over to the Eastern culture, you find out that those are different types of things that they ate all the time was wine. Um, those of you uh, who love wine, you would love to be in the Eastern culture because you say, party over here. You would love to have wine, but that's not how they do it. They have wine, milk, and bread were staples for their diet. Uh, but the people were living basically what Jesus was saying or the God was saying to them that the people were basically living on substitutes that did not nourish them. They had these things, but it was not nourishing them and they were not getting everything that they needed. So he said, I want you to come and let me give you something that is not a substitute. I want to give you the real thing. And that is what God is saying to you. Many of you all in this season, many of you all have been malnourished on substitutes and things that are not satisfying you. And he is coming to them. He said, come to me. Let me give you the real thing. Someone in the comment section say, I need the real thing. 
thing. And that's what he was saying. I don't want to give you a substitute because if you have a substitute, uh, you might not act right. Those of us who are growing up in school, when the substitute showed up, we did not do what the teacher said because we would say the teacher said we could normally act like this. And God is saying, I want to get you back in line because you've been settling for a substitute and the substitute cannot teach you like I can teach you. I want to give you, come, come to me. So let me give you the real thing. And what was interesting, he said, I want those who have no money to come and to buy and drink. Now that's interesting because most of us, when we think of the word buy, when we think of the word come and get something, we have to have money. But God is saying to them, he said, you don't need money to get this. He says, the only way you're going to be able to be qualified to get this is not because you have money. You're going to have to have spiritual bankrupt to be able to get this. <laughs> you're going to have to be able to, to be wealthy in the natural, but be spiritually depleted. You won't have anything spiritually. And I don't know if there's anybody who's watching right now who you got everything on the outside, but spiritually you are depleted. You got everything that everybody likes and people don't even know what to get you for Christmas because you seem to have everything. But inwardly, your soul is thirsty. One thing have I desired and that will I seek after that I might dwell in the house. My soul is thirsty someone put in the comment section I got a soul thirst I, I got a soul thirst he said in order for you to get this you don't need money you need a thirsty soul soul means emotions soul means my, I, I'm all over the place and, and I'm bankrupt I'm not able to pay my spiritual bills because I have no money I have withdrawn everything that I've had I might have had a lot in March I might have had a lot in April I might have had a lot in May I might have had a lot in June but here in December I feel like I'm spiritually bankrupt matter of fact I don't even respond to people the way I normally respond because I don't even trust what might come out of my mouth I don't even respond to text messages the way that I would normally respond to them because I don't trust myself because my soul is spiritually bankrupt my soul is spiritually depleted I've been fighting this one battle it seems like all year long and nothing has grown better it seems to have gotten worse and I have spent what I thought I had only to find me now bankrupt and I need a word someone put in the comment section I need a word because I need a deposit I need a deposit for my soul I need a deposit for my soul my soul is weary my soul is thirsty my soul is longing my soul I'm okay everywhere else but my soul needs thirst my soul needs rest my soul needs rest someone put in the comment section this is about my soul Oh, I'm so grateful that there are sit people sitting beside me on the couch. But if they don't get anything, as long as something happens for my soul, my soul. Uh, uh, one of the choirs used to sing a song a long time ago. They would say, my soul got another dip. I want somebody to put in the comment section, dip your soul one more time. Dip my soul in the power of God. Dip my soul in the presence of God. He said, whoever does not have a natural money. Uh, you're qualified if you're spiritually bankrupt. <laughs> he says, come buy wine and milk, the nourishment you need without money and price. Let me stop and let me go on. He says, then he goes on and says, incline your ear, come to me here that your soul may live. He says, I'll make you an everlasting covenant uh, because I've established a covenant with David. 
Uh, he said, I've, I've established something with David, that word everlasting covenant or love in the, in the Hebrew there is a word called Hasid. Uh, the word Hasid means covenant love. Uh, covenant love means it cannot be uh, destroyed. Um, the word covenant in the Old Testament time is when they would make a covenant, uh, they would cut uh, to make sure that there was blood that signified or stamped that there was covenant. Uh, so once you had been cut, it was the seal to say blood has brought us together. Blood has bound us together. Let's take it out of the Old Testament. Let's bring it into Jesus. Jesus has brought us all in by the blood by the covenant Jesus made a covenant relationship with us which is to say once I'm in covenant with you it's like a ring once I'm in covenant with you there is no beginning and there's no ending you cannot break the seal of my love for you so he says to them even though you're going through even though you're having a hard time I have a seed I have a covenant love for you and he goes on and says I'm going to make you a nation of people in verse 5. I'm trying to go through this for those of you who've never heard this scripture. He said, I'm going to go make you a nation of people. In verse 7, he says, and I'm going to make sure that as I'm doing these things for you, I also want to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do. He says in verse 7, he says, let the wicked forsake his way. Let him return to the Lord. Now, there's a word that we should say in the church that many people don't hear anymore. It's called repent. He says, I'm not going to do all these things for you and you not change your ways. He says, you have to seek me. I have established my love for you. But the part of me that you're going to have to, in order to have more of me, you're going to have to seek me or turn from your former ways and from the ways that you had. You're going to have to forsake those things. He said, I'm not talking about the act of repenting. I'm talking about the attitude associated with repenting many of us have repented in action but we have not repented in attitude action means I did it but my attitude means I didn't change my mind about it uh, action means I did it so that I could be seen by doing check it off check the box but my attitude means even though I, ch I checked it off I didn't change so you don't see me uh, uh, basically uh, uh, repentance is not seen outwardly it is felt inwardly you can't see repentance <laughs> you can't see it. Uh, that's why you have to be careful of judging people. Just because you might look like I used to be doesn't mean something inwardly has not changed. I might look like, I might dress like, I might sound like I used to be. We should sing the song, but I looked at my hands and they were new. What they were saying is there's something that happened on the inside that is working on the outside. I want somebody to put in the comment section and say there's a change. There's a change. There is a change. So Isaiah 53 chapter 55th chapter and verse 8 now I'm here he says now for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways now we have usually used this and I've used it maybe you haven't used it but I've used this many times to to be able to say you know his thoughts he don't think like I think uh, he, his ways are not my ways so calm yourself down uh, the proper interpretation of this scripture is really saying though people may fail you you can trust me. What he's saying is, uh, I don't change my mind like people change their mind. Whatever I said about you, that's what I meant. 
I don't change my thoughts about you. I, I was listening to someone the other day and they were talking about we, we have preached the scripture uh, that, that the gifts and callings of God go without repentance wrong because we have been saying it, basically saying that, that, that we don't have to repent to have the gifts. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is God never changes his mind about what he gave you. Just because you might err, just because you might do something, God doesn't change his mind. And that's what a lot of people's problem is, is because we change our minds about people once we find out about them. But God is not like that. He has not changed his mind about you. I think there's a praise brick that needs to go right there to be able to say he's never changed his mind about me. If you have no other reason to praise him, to be able to say what he said about me, he still believes about me. Even if you don't believe it about yourself, look in the mirror and say he still loves me the way he loved me 20 years ago I haven't been towards him but he has never left me he still believes in me like he believed in me when I got saved I got saved when I was 9 and I'm now 29 or 39 or 59 or 69 and the same God who loved me at 9 loves me at 69 and 59 and 49 and 39 because his thoughts have never changed even though my friendship circles have changed even though my family is flaky even though my cousins are strange and even glad I'm so glad I don't have to see them this holiday season. I'm so grateful that God's love has not changed about me. He has never changed what he thinks about me. Verse 9 goes on and says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts and your thoughts. What he was saying is you'll never be able to figure out how I do what I do. While you're trying to figure out how I'm going to do it, you'll never be able to figure out exactly how I do what I do because my, I, my, the heavens are higher than the earth. Uh, you're, you're not smart enough to be able to figure me out. By the time you think you've got me one way, the wind blows where it blows and, and it goes where it goes and you'll never be able to figure me out. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Let me bring this to a close. Verse 10 says... For as the rain, y'all thought I was out, I was just trying to walk you up, trying to give you a jaywalk up to the text. Verse 10 says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. I hope y'all love the word. Verse 10, what he was saying is, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. That the, the snow, for those of us who are in Kentucky, or those of you who are uh, in northern parts of the world, uh, you're starting to see snow, or sprouts of snow. And, and what snow is designed, I'm make, let, me, let me make a confession. Um, I love snow to look at. I don't like snow to drive in. Uh, what's uh, sad is that I was even born, those of us who are here right now, I was even born in the winter. And I should love it, but I don't love it. Uh, there are ministers here that were born in the winter and we should love it. I don't love it. Um, I, I do. The only thing I love about winter is that my, my great brotherhood, we have our founders day in the winter. But other than that, I don't necessarily like the winter. I, I, I don't like it for any reason at all. I love hot chocolate in winter. That's about it. I love, I love, I love eggnog in the winter. That's about it. But I, I don't like to look, I just like to look at it. But what the, the snow has a purpose. Uh, the purpose of the snow, uh, thank God for the anointed Wikipedia, uh, the snow is designed uh, to cover plants in the winter to protect it from the frost. <laughs> uh, the things that God has grown, uh, the things that have sprung up in your life 
will have to be protected when it gets cold. He covers, uses snow to cover the plant, its protection, so that frost doesn't freeze the nutrients or freeze the ingredients or freeze the essence of what is going to provide life in the spring. So he provides snow to be a covering so that you don't get frostbite. Some of you have to thank God for the seasons you don't like. You have to thank God for the things that are uncomfortable for you. And I know you got to put on extra layers, but sometimes he puts on extra layers for you just so that you won't get bit in the frost. He won't put you in things that you cannot handle. So he puts snow over the glory. He puts snow over the plant so that it protects it from the frost. But then it goes on and says, then when it melts in the spring, it turns from snow to water. So the snow goes from protection to now providing life to the ground. One thing will cover you and something that will cover you will later on be used to grow you. It will cover you in one season and it's almost like the Israelites who were walking around in the wilderness. They they had one thing by night and another thing by day and it was used to cover them in one season but to give life for them in another season. He said, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. Do not return there from the earth. He says, I'm going to make sure this is important. Remember, I was talking about spiritual bankruptcy earlier. He said, I'm going to make sure that people who were once barren spiritually will be drenched with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He said, I won't leave you barren too long. He said, I won't leave you parched too long. I I won't leave you barren too long. He says, I'm good for it. (laughs) If I told you I'll drench you, I will. I'm I'm good for it. If I told you I'll give you my spirit, I will. I'm good for it. And he goes on to say, I got to go on in verse 11. He says, as the snow has its purpose, as the rain has its purpose, so does my word have its purpose. Verse 11 says, so shall my word be. That goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. With that point, number one says, it took me a long time to get here. Number one says, I'm good for it because God will do what he said. <laughs> I could shout there and be done with it for the entire rest of this message. He will do what he said. I want you to spin around like with Megafest and tell yourself he'll do what he said. 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 I don't see it, but he'll do what he said. I don't know when, but he'll do what he said. I know you acting crazy, brother, but he's going to do what he said. I want to smack you, but I can't because he's going to do what he said. I want you to turn around, turn around in your situation and say, oh, barren land, hear the word of the Lord he will do what he said it will not return void won't return void he says it won't return void won't return void he, uh, that, that word void means it will never turn back to the same form that it was sent from <laughs> it will never go back the way it was sent out. Thought about thinking about that thing. I thought about a rubber band. And I was thinking about when you get a rubber band, this has never been used before. But when I take this rubber band and I put it around something, I stretch that thing so that after I get through stretching it, 
And even when I take it off of the thing that I put it on, it never returns back to the form that it originally had. Because the, the rubber band is meant to fit where I send it. So the word would never go back to its original form because it, it, it fits you. And it fits me. And it fits you, brother. And it fits you, sister. I don't care what situation you're in. Once he sends it out, it, it, it conforms to your situation. It, it fits to your situation. And just like a rubber band, it, I don't understand how it flexes the way it does. But I do know that whatever I put it on, it can fit it. And I want you to put it in the comment section. I don't care what season I'm in. The word can fit my situation. The word can fit my situation. Once it's stretched, it never goes back. Because the word shall accomplish that which I purpose. Which means, second point, is he will protect the intention of what he said. I want you to miss it. Not only would he do what he said, but he will protect the intention of what he said. There's nothing worse than someone messing up what your, your intention was behind what you said. There's nothing worse than anybody, somebody taking what you said and twisting it and then getting mad because it didn't work out the way they said it was. And what the person who said it said, that's not what I said or that's not how I intended. You took it and made it fit you. When the word goes out, yes, it can fit you, but it doesn't fit you to be you. It fits you to change you. When the word comes to you, it is not to fit you so that it can justify where you're at. It came to fit you so that it can change you and shift you and to move you from glory to glory to glory to another dimension. I want you to put in the comment section, the word came to change me. The word came to shift me. The word came to change me. The word came to shift me. The word came to change me. The word came to shift me. He came to change me. He fit me where I I was but he didn't leave me where I was he came to me at night but he didn't leave me in the night he came to me while I was crying but he didn't leave me crying came to me while I was broke but didn't leave me broke the word fit my situation so that he could change my situation it shall accomplish that which I purpose protection Protect the attention of what he said. I'm almost there, musician. I'm almost there. <laughs> because there's a story, and I'm almost through. There's a story of Jorge Rodriguez. Uh, he was an old West Bank robber from Mexico who operated around the Texas border around the 1900s. Uh, he was so successful robbing banks that the Texas Rangers established a special force to try to stop him. Uh, late one afternoon, one of the rangers slipped across the border to catch him, and they, they caught him in the bar with the pistol. And, the, and the, 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 the ranger put a pistol behind his back and said, Jorge, uh, I know who you are, and I've come to get back all the money you've stolen. He said, if you don't give me this money back, then you are going to die here tonight. Well, the problem was Jorge saw the badge of the ranger, uh, the lawmaker. He saw the badge of him, uh, saw that he was irate. But Jorge didn't speak English. 
Uh, so there's a young boy who came up and he said, um, hey, Ranger, um, uh, you got a problem. He said, Senor Rodriguez doesn't speak English. Uh, the ranger told him, so he said, you tell me what you want to tell him and I'll, I'll translate the message. So the ranger told him what he had said and that if he didn't give the money back that he stole, that he was going to die tonight. So the boy told Jorge Rodriguez everything that was said, what the ranger said. So Rodriguez responded and he said, he said, I haven't spent one cent of the money. He said, uh, if, if you tell him to go into town, uh, go to the town well, face north. Tell him to count five stones and he will find a loose stone. He will pull it out and all the money is there. Rodriguez told the young boy, he said, tell the Texas Ranger, tell him right now, tell him quickly. The boy, he looked back at the Ranger and he said, Senor uh, Jorge Rodriguez, he's a brave man. He said, and he said, he's ready to die tonight. That's not what the man said, but because the boy needed money, he misquoted what the man said. And now the man lost his life because of somebody who didn't even care for him. And I want to ask you, are you hearing the word from somebody who doesn't care for you and they're twisting it and they're condemning you when God's trying to heal you? Are you hearing the word from somebody who's trying to bring condemnation to you and God's trying to deliver you or God's trying to love you or God's trying to embrace you. But people are looking at you and saying God can't love somebody like you. God can't love somebody who's done what you've done. But God is saying that's not what I said. But because you have not heard or you don't speak God's language, you allow somebody else who doesn't have the love of God to misinterpret interpret what God said about you but I want to give you one word tonight to let you know that God will protect what he said I don't care if he's got to send somebody who's going to clean your house or he's got to send somebody who you might see in the grocery store but God will make sure that the integrity of his word is protected last thing and he says and not only will I make sure that it will accomplish where it purpose he said but I will also make sure that the word Word will succeed in the thing for which I sent. The last point is you will see God is so good. God is good for it that you will see what he said succeed. What he means is he will make sure that wherever his word goes, success follows. Wherever he sends his word, when you use the rubber band, it succeeds in what it conformed to. When you use the rubber band, it succeeds wherever it goes. The rubber band never says, this is too hard for me to stretch to. The rubber band never hollers back and says, I don't think this is it. I think this is too big for me to go. No, the, the rubber band will stretch itself so much so that before it pops, it will still do what it's supposed to do because the rubber band is designed to be stretched and designed to fit. He says, I will make sure that my word succeeds wherever it sits. I will make sure that there's success. And he was saying this to the people who are in captivity. I will make sure that whatever you need, you will have. I will make sure that you have everything you need and what goes on this is what's interesting to me when I'm through here what was uh, was important is that, excuse me what was important that he was saying my word will bring restoration 
to a dry and barren land where there's been dryness, where there's been barrenness. I will make sure that there will be life again. I want somebody to put in the comment section, there will be life again. If James, uh, James, uh, uh, was it James Fortune were here, not James Fortune, J.J. Uh, Harrison were here, he would say, there will be glory after this. I, I want somebody to say, I will live again. He says, I, I'm going to send my word to succeed because I have some more things that I want to do in you. And creation, what happens is creation started to speak based on what God was saying. The creation started to speak. Verse 12 says, for you shall go out in joy you should be led forth in peace the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and the trees of the field shall clap their hands all of y'all who are streaming you missed all that verse you only know what it meant because it sounds strange the mountains and hills before you shall break forth in singing and the trees of the field shall clap their hands y'all y'all still missed it the mountains and the hills will go before you they shall bring they shall break forth into singing and the trees of the field shall clap their hands y'all I still missed it. That sounds like the creation started to have their own praise break. Y'all remember over in the scripture what Jesus said? He said, if y'all don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. He said, because creation knows what's made it creation knows well but before there was a man here there was me and creation creation and me we had praise and worship long before there were praise and worship teams long before there was music the seas roared my names the nations roared my names trees clapped their hands we had our own praise break we we only made humans because we didn't want to just be by ourselves but we want you to know that if humans don't praise me creation will praise me so what what happens is in the scripture the first people that gave God praise was creation God sent his word while they were in captivity but the first people that gave God praise was creation and I want to ask you right now I don't know where you are in your room I don't know where you are in your house but I want to ask you a question I feel like Harvey Watkins I got one question can I ask you one question I just got one question can I ask you a question are you going to let the world out praise the saints are you going to let the world out praise you. I know it's been a hard year. I know it's been a hard situation. I know you felt captive. I know you almost lost your mind. I know you almost went cuckoo. I know you almost went clocked on somebody. But I want to ask you is the word still working? Is the word still working? Because he sent his word. Stretched his word. Stretched it in March. Stretched it in April. Stretched it in May. We're over in December and he's still stretching his word what it means is the rubber band hasn't broke and the word ain't gonna break because he's good for it whatever God sends whatever God says he's gonna make sure he delivers on it you will see success because the word will not return void somebody in the room somebody in the living room somebody in the living room somebody in the car somebody getting out of the shower put your towel on yourself but after you wrap that towel open up your mouth and say he's good for it he's good for it he's gonna do what he said he's gonna protect the intention of what he said and I'm gonna see what he said succeed many are the afflictions 
of the righteous but the Lord delivers out of them all I gotta testify for a moment I've been young and now I'm getting old but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread I've been alive when it seems like the stock market was crashing but God never let me crash I've been around long enough to see a pandemic hit the world but it never hit my house I feel like one of the covenant children of Israel that when that old devil saw the blood it passed over me I don't know where you are but if you don't give God praise for another thing thank God for his word thank God for the blood let me reach over to let me reach over to revelation because the Bible says for we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony can you testify that he's good for it can you testify that he's good for it i got 10 things i want to tell you and i'm going to drop the mic the reason that he's good for it because he's a good god number two the reason that he's good for it is because he's a good god number three the reason that i know he's good for it is because he's a good god number four the reason that i know because he's a good god number five i've been stretched but he's still a good god number six i've been down but he's a good god number seven almost lost my mind but he's still a good god number eight i almost lost everything but he's still a good god number nine we had somebody who used to be with us named mother joy smith she died at the middle at the beginning of this pandemic and if she were here today she would tell you just like this he's a good God number 10 what I know for myself in this empty church he's a good God he's a good God he's a good God he's a good God clap your hands people clap your hands people he's a good 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 father he's a good God glory What happens in the ending when it says that the, the mountains, the hills will spring forth and break forth and the trees will clap their hands. What it says is that in the, in the Eastern culture, the ground was so hard uh, that it seemed to be stuck. But sometimes, this is what historians say, sometimes seemingly overnight, things would sprout up 
because of the rain. <laughs> and I want to tell you, it might seem like a hard season, but God can send a word and it can sprout up immediately. The last point I have for you is the reason that I say he's good for it because he's God of it. Whatever your it is, he's God of it. Lift your hands everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I say he's good for it. Lift your hands everywhere. Say he's good for it. He's good for it. I want to pray with you and then we're going to end. I just want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, everyone who's streaming, everyone who's watching, Lord, I've, I've prayed myself full. I've emptied myself, sweated myself happy. But Father, I pray that if your word will just do what it said it do, my words can fall to the ground. I don't care. My reputation is not that important. But Lord, your word, your name, don't let it fall to the ground. Let your people see your hand. Let them see you move. Do what you said you're going to do. Encourage them to let them know that it will not return void. And ultimately, they will see the success attached to your word. What we do know is success doesn't always look like what we see success as. Sometimes success is peace. Sometimes success is sound mindness. Sometimes success is you keeping us in perfect, keeping us together. So, Father, whatever success looks like for my brother, for my sister, let them see a successful end of this year. We glorify and give your great name praise in Jesus name. Amen. I pray that you were blessed by this message. Those of you who are here, we have information on how you can connect with us, how you can join, how you can get prayer, all those types of things. Uh, but I want to make sure more importantly that you know this week that God is good for it. I love you and I will see you same time, same place next week for another week of the I purpose. I mean, I, I promise message on the things that God wants to say to you. Glory to God. Have your way. Be glorified in the lives of your people. Have a great way. Have a great week. I'll see you again next week. God bless you. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.